0: Welcome to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft, the founder and CEO of Judith Heft & Associates, Financial and Lifestyle Concierge. This year, she's celebrating 27 years in business. In every episode, Judy interviews professionals who help others successfully manage their financial lives. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, stitcher and more judy is the author of two books how to be smart successful and organized with your money for a better today and tomorrow and her latest book mastering your financial life cycles how to successfully manage money in every decade of life you can read chapters of her books and catch prior episodes of the show at www.judithheft.com now here's the host of mastering your financial life judy heft hello everybody
1: welcome welcome to episode number 54 of mastering your financial life and i'm really excited to be here with my guest monica allen today monica is a dual licensed family health uh, practitioner and a mental health nurse so she's got a lot of experience And she left the corporate world and wrote a book on how to help your younger version of herself with understanding money. And I love the title. Girls just want to have funds. We got to get that DS in there. So that's a great title. So it's going to come out in May. And I'm really excited for her about that. And then her passion is really helping people manage and understand their money, because as you know, and we all know, I definitely know that money is a lot of mindset. And it's really, you know, we get our habits as children. We learn them from our parents or another adult in our life. And then we bring these habits into our adult lives. And they're not always great habits. So it's important to learn how to create a mindset around money that's a positive and loving one. So thank you, Monica. Thanks for being my guest here today. I'm really excited to have you here.
2: Thanks for having oh, me.
1: My pleasure. So, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what's going on. How do, what do you think about mindset and money?
2: I think a lot about mindset and money. But before I go there, I think I need to kind of put into perspective where I came from in order to uh, have developed the mindset that I have about money now. And what I'll start with is early, early on. Um, I love numbers. I always did. But I had some numbers stacked against me. I was an unwed mother at age 16. Um, My father passed away when I was 18. He was the big building block of our strong Catholic family. And then at age 22, I was going through a divorce that I did not want. And a baby number two was on the way. So I can just say the numbers were stacked against me. uh, And that, that was my start. When I met my now husband, Brad, I thought, we both have college degrees. We can have whatever we want. And there was one changing moment for me, and that was a night that we couldn't afford to order a pizza when we both had worked hard all day. It was on a Wednesday. And uh, we went home. We ended up cooking frozen pizzas that night, but something in me clicked. I had two children at that time. Um, I didn't get paid until Friday. He got paid once a month. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to read everything I can on money, and I'm going to change my, fi- my family tree right now. And that's what I set the quest out for doing. So I've kind of always realized that there was a mindset that people had, and they might not have looked rich, or they might have looked rich, but there was a mindset of people had that when they were not necessarily rich, but they were wealthy in a different way. And I set out to do that for myself. A lot of it has to do with knowledge and using the knowledge, but much of it has to do with your thinking on money.
1: Oh, I 100% agree with that. So about, let's see, maybe five or six years ago, I studied under a woman and I learned about being a money coach. And that's where I learned about mindset and money because I also did not have the right mindset around money. I was in a you know bad financial situation myself being married and you know we just didn't have any money coming in and it was just tearing us all apart. And, you know, I was right there with you. It wasn't as bad as not being able to afford the pizza. But I remember one time and I wrote this in my book that one time my daughter wanted to take a uh, an acting class. She was probably in middle school at the time. And I was and she was doing it with another friend. And the friend's mother was let's sign up early and we can get the early bird discount if we pay in full now. And I said to her, you know what, I don't have the money to do that. And it was she was shocked. And I was embarrassed and it was like really a a good turning point for me to really assess what was going on in my life financially and to look, you know, where I came from and how how I developed these habits and how my partner had completely different mindset around money and trying to come to terms with that. So it's really, people don't realize how much your mind can affect things. I really believe that.
2: They don't. And I deal with it all the time with my patients. Um, I'm dual certified, so I treat medical and I treat uh, mental health. With patients, and I'm going to relay a story, but I always said this, unlike Target, you can come to me and we'll deal with it all. I deal with the spiritual, the financial, the health, the wellness, the mental. And I always prided prided myself on that because if you don't deal with one aspect of it, one rung of that wheel, you're not dealing with the whole wheel and you're not able then to be totally healthy. But I had a gal uh, just even in the last few months that she could not figure out why she continued to spend money that she didn't have. And we had to pull some threads on that for quite a while. She had a great childhood and she had great parents. But we got back to a story for her where she was in a, um, at that time, it was called a Ben Franklin. It was like a dollar store, a dime, they probably called it nickel dime store or something like that at that time. But her and her brother were running through the store and they were, they were being bad. And she had this doll that her mother had already told her that she could have. Well, when mother finally caught up with them, she yanked the doll from her daughter's hands and put it back on the shelf and said, you've been bad. You don't deserve this today. And whatever reason that clicked for her, that when I get bigger, I'm going to buy whatever I want. And that's what she was doing.
1: So So were you able to work with her and help her change that mindset around that and realize that it's not a punishment? You know, right. to, to not be able to spend.
2: <laughs> right. And it's hard to get It's Sometimes we feel like we deserve this because I work hard. And what we realize is that you can outspend any income. Um, so if you've got that spending habit where I'm just buying and stuffing closets full and I always trade in my car, whether I can afford to or not, and just on and on and on, but you're unhappy, then we need to make a change.
1: That's so true. One of the things I've learned that, you know, uh, from spending money and creating uh, spending plans is it's just really difficult to, you know, some people are just like one of the characteristics of on, on the money mindset thing is, you know, being a fool and spending money so much. And then also being generous to a fool. That's a big part of it, too, because sometimes you just want to lavish people, even though you don't have the money, you're embarrassed. You don't want to say no, whatever the case may be. And it really can be very stressful because it ends up hurting in the end.
2: Yes, it is stressful. And even Oprah said that she and she has a ton of money. So she put stops on just giving to every cause that came across her desk. And I so think if it's she so can do easy. it weekend.
1: It's true, Monica. And I think it's so easy today because we're just swiping credit cards all day long and not, we're not even swiping them anymore. We're just pushing buy now, you know, you go on Amazon and you just buy it right now. You don't even put it in your cart to think about it. You just get it. And I think it gives us a false sense of financial security because we don't know what we're spending on anything when we're just swiping like that. And it's it's not, yeah, it's very famous. Yes. And it's not teaching ourselves or our future generations, anything really just to be like that. It's really important to, to know how much you money have, how much money you have, whether you have a lot or a little.
2: I totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, it's really. I also feel like, you know, you have to be careful what you put out there in the universe because it really does come back to you. I believe that anyway. <laughs>
2: That's right. And you can be generous with other things besides just with your money. If you're if you're at a point where you're trying to get your stuff in order, you can be generous with your time. You can be generous with a listening ear. Um, there's other ways to be generous. You can. Find something that somebody needs, uh, but from someone else that is willing to give it away. I've done that a lot of times with bunk beds and people that needed bassinets and, and just different things for their kids.
1: Oh, that's so true. Yeah. And used toys are the best because toys are so expensive and they play with them for five minutes and then they just want the box, anyways. So right. You know, right. The old box to play with. That's really interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a, a bad mindset or, you know, I don't you know, just a bad. But you know, not a great mindset around money can cause health issues too. It's stressful. It
2: definitely is, and it's just one rung on that wheel. So we can get their health all in order, but there, if there is this financial, I call it an invisible noose around the neck. You can't see it, but the person just kind of always feels like they're ready for the next b- breakdown, the next cry, because they know that bills are coming, maybe that they can't handle. That stress. Will funnel its way out into health problems at any given time and overall just generally make you feel worn out. Why am I so fatigued? Why do I wake up even after eight hours and I don't feel rested? Just on and on.
1: That's so true. I really it's really, it's really correlated together. It's really an issue there. And you know, it can manifest into serious illnesses too, if you're not careful. So it's really important to have someone like you that understands that whole mental health aspect too, to you right. know, to work with the money because it really is combined, it really goes together.
2: And, um, being in healthcare, I worked with a lot of physicians over the years that they just worked long hours, and many of them worked well well past what somebody else might consider retirement retirement age. And some of them would confide in me and say, you know, I've got all these things. And my housekeeper is telling me how nice my hot tub is overlooking the lake. And my kids are on the jet skis today with my friend that's running the boat that maybe owns a gas station and has more freedom than I do. So they're paying out all these payments for things that people, some people are enjoying, but it's usually not even them. And then think of the things that we have that we don't even enjoy because we don't even use them, but we just thought we had to have it.
1: There's so much of that around. So let's take a little break now. We're here with Monica Allen, and then we're going to take a little commercial break, and we'll come back and talk some more. Hey there. I just want to tell you a little bit about my new book that just came out called Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles. And here it is. It's how to successfully manage your money in every decade of life. I co-authored this with my CFO, Liz Levy, And together, we created this manual that's going to help you through every stage of life. We talk about having a baby. We talk about young adulthood, pre-retirement, what to do when you're at that age of retirement. If you're contemplating divorce, do you need an estate plan? We cover all of these, each subject in a different chapter. And I really think that you're going to find this so helpful because at the end of every chapter, we have checklists that you can look at and you can use and they can be a guide for you. So this is a wonderful manual that we've created. It's available on Amazon. You can also find it on our website at Judithhep.comslash book. And we're here for you. If you need anything, reach out. I hope you enjoy the book. Here's another picture of it, just so you know what's going on. Here it is. And I'm really proud of it. It's my second book. And I'd love to have you uh, read it and give me your feedback. Judy Heft, Heft judithheft.com, financial and lifestyle concierge, celebrating 26 years in business. And over the years, I've learned so much. And what I've been trying to do is impart a little bit of this knowledge to you so I can help all of you become as financially organized as I am. Thank you. And we're back here with Monica Allen. So Monica, you know, tell us a little, you have this exciting book. I love the name. Girls Just Want to Have Funds coming out shortly. So tell us a little bit about the book.
2: It's already out. It came out on Amazon in May. And so it's available on Amazon. And the reason I like my book, Girls Just Want to Have Funds, is it's a catchy title. Funds has a dollar sign at the end for the S. I love that. Um, I'm standing in front of my little red convertible on. uh, That's the cover of the book. And my book is going to set you up with four, I, I think, relatively simple steps, just like we're talking around a kitchen table, things that you can do. And if you do those four things, you're ready to go talk to a financial counselor. Even if you just do those four things, you can re- really set yourself up if you never want to talk to a financial counselor, although I would recommend that you do that before you step into retirement. They can do a lot with the money that you've saved. Many people, they're scared to go talk to somebody because they're like, what papers do they want? What? And I just give real life stories of if you can do this and then build on that and do that, these four things then you can set your family up to make your household different from others. And I try to do it with like an upbeat attitude where um, a lot of it deals with the thoughts we have about money. And a great example that I can give you of that is, mom kind of controls the pulse of most households. And if we are doing a camping vacation this year, instead of Disney, um, mom's attitude about it can sure change that for any children. And it can make it so that uh, we're not doing Disney. No, we get to do this and we're going to do this. And it's exciting and we're going to be together and we're going to have a great time.
1: That's so great. It really is about how you present things and the verbiage that you use. So is your book geared towards people that are contemplating retirement? Who's your audience? No, I think, well,
2: I will say this. My reviewers of the book uh, were all different ages. And one of my best reviewers was a gentleman who was already retired He's kind of a mentor of mine, but he said, I really feel like this book could help anybody from grade school to even me in retirement. And he said he was going to tweak a couple of things, which really uh, touched my heart in retirement. So there's just things that I think I'm looking to help the younger person because they, especially somebody that's a young mother, a single mother, uh, a family that's trying to get their finances together so they can go talk to someone. Uh, the mom's usually the one that's controlling the purse strings and decides when when it's time for us to get a different car, a different couch, we're going to go on vacation, we're going to remodel the bathroom. So I'm targeting those people. And the sooner you can start, the better, but it's never too late. I don't care if you're getting ready to stop out, step out the door in the next year on retirement. It's not too late.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's never too late. It's so true. Yeah, it's very similar to our book, which is Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles. And what we do is we have, you know, we also, every uh, chapter is a different decade. And there's just all these little tools, we have checklists in there. And it's so important to, you know, educate people, because so many people are really in the dark about money. You know, we approach at Judith Hefton Associates, we approach running a household like running a small business. And you really need to know your numbers, whether you have a lot of money or a little money. It's so important. A lot of people don't realize that. They think they can just go in there, check, you know, their uh into their bank online banking and see what payments were made. And, you know, some people will say, Oh, but I get my end of the year statements from my credit card companies and they categorize everything. They don't do anything properly. They really don't. I've seen them put taxi under tax, you know, things like that, that they just they're not people, <laughs> you That's know, right. and it's just downloading and then assist information. So it's really important to, you know, to educate people and for, you know, people to be knowledgeable because there's so much that we weren't taught in school. There's no financial literacy classes taught in high school. Or there certainly weren't when you and I were in school. We didn't learn that. We just learned, I don't know, by example, I guess. You know, I right. remember one time when my when my sister was a little girl and she wanted something and my mother said we didn't have the money. and She said to her, well, just write a check. Well, today they would say, just use, you know, just swipe it. You know, these kids know everything about swiping credit cards and all the important stuff. So it, that it's is really so true.
2: Problem. That is so true. And we we don't get it from osmosis. So even if our parents were were good money managers, it doesn't just automatically shine down on us, unfortunately, to become that. And I have a great story in the book about my four kids, all of them five years apart. My daughter and I, she was with me when I was in college she knew about cash because we would have to scrape up this certain amount of money to get gas money to go home. The next one uh, would say, hey, do you have your checkbook? The third one would say, go to the money mover and have cash throw out at us. And then the last one would say, do you have your debit card? So it is so true.
1: It is true. What a cycle. And we haven't changed much. We've just changed the materials that we use, I guess you could say. Right. It's interesting. So has COVID and inflation done anything to change our hopes or our future? You know, how do you feel about that?
2: I know that when I speak on COVID, I speak at at on it from a healthcare worker's perspective because I was working on a COVID ward in a VA hospital and saw people that died that should not have died, uh, like many other healthcare workers did. Uh, But COVID left a mark on everybody, all the way down to the cash register register operator at our stores. Everybody had a different type of mark. But yet, um, I think that there's going to be this tsunami of grief uh, on all the things that we have missed out. And then if it does creep its head back up again, we get really scared because we've realized something can really change our life. And and we have no control over it. We thought we had some control before we met up with COVID because we could garb up and protect ourselves. But we could not uh, when COVID came out. The healthcare workers we weren't protected either. Three million people left the workforce at that time just to uh, take care of those school age kids who we could no longer drop off with grandma because we might kill her. And they say that 1.8 million people have never returned to those jobs. Um, Some of them were holding two and three jobs and decided, I'm not going to do it again. I don't think everybody just mastered their finances. I believe there's a ton of credit card debt out there, uh, borrowing, uh, doing without, and different things like that, which cause stress. We know money is a big reason for divorce. And then you add on this inflation, which I've never seen in my life. And a lot of times, whenever you look back at inflation... We see it, it hurts, it kills us in gas and eating out, but it doesn't usually revert back to be less inflation like this box of cereal goes way back down. When inflation hits, those numbers usually stick with us. Sometimes we'll see some variation in gas. You couple both of those together and it is a hopeless situation for a lot of people that don't know anything besides what they're doing. And I believe that there's probably a tsunami of credit card debt out there.
1: Oh, absolutely. We see a lot of that all the time. People come to us and they're in such debt or, you know, a lot of times people will come to us like someone's contemplating a divorce and they don't know what their numbers are. They can't put their financial affidavit or statement of net worth together because they really have no, you know, clue what they've been spending their money on. Because like we talked about, they're either swiping credit cards, debit cards, you know, writing checks and not paying attention. I think the first thing we have to do is learn how to pay attention to our finances Right. and love our money. If we love our money, it's going to love us right back. It right. really is. And treat it. It'll Let's want to spent. come
2: back to us. Come back to us, please. Exactly. I totally believe in that thinking on money um, because you've got to keep it on a flat hand. Money can go out to pay bills and be grateful that you have it to pay those bills and money can come back into you. And when, you, when it returns to you, I mean, love it and treat it right. Be a good steward. If you're spending $500 a month or more eating out, at least know that's where you're spending it and decide if that's right for you. If you look at it and see that you're spending that much a month eating out, but you're only putting 150 a month into your retirement, you might decide that's not working for our family and you may want to change it.
1: Well, it's so true. And, you know, one of the things, you know, we, we're, we can touch on is, you know, people first, not money. People are the more important thing. And I think that as an entrepreneur, one of the things I learned quite a few years ago is like, To pay myself first you know as an entrepreneur i think a lot of us pay ourselves if there's anything left at the end and that's not really the way to handle your money and to take care of yourself so i think it's really important what i do and i guide my clients to do is take that money off the top figure out what percentage and start small you know you can start with three four five percent of your income and then put that away in a separate account that you can't touch you know, I think that's the best way to handle that. And that way, you know, you'll build that up. And, and you know, it's really important to take care of yourself and respect it yourself is. enough to pay yourself 1st in a way. And
2: if you start there, when you get a one or two percent raise, which I was in the government for so many years, so some people may not get raises based on percentages, but we always did. Um, if you get the one or two percent raise at the beginning of the year, then throw that into the retirement before you ever see it. Because no matter how much money you bring home, you can spend
1: it. That's so true. And, you know, another good way to do it is also when people have a lot of credit card debt, when they get their credit cards paid off, keep putting that, taking that same amount that you were paying there and put it somewhere else to save it. Uh, It's really important to know those things. So tell me, how can our uh, listeners find you, Monica? This was great.
2: Okay. They can find me as author Monica Allen on Instagram and Facebook. And soon a YouTube channel will be coming out and I'm converting over to Alan Money Talks. That's coming. So uh, I'd be happy to interact with listeners and I love it. I love talking to people with real stories. And that's what my book's all about is just real stories.
1: Well, that's great, Monica. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure having you here today. Really look forward to talking to you more and learning more.
0: Thank you. Thank you for tuning into Mastering Your Financial Life hosted by Judy Heft. You can read chapters of her books and catch prior episodes of the show at www.judithheft.com. Thank you for your positive comments and sharing this show with others.